spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Hi, it's Ambien from Spoken Label. Thank you today for streaming or downloading another episode of Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up on beginning of the 2016 and as of speaking has currently nearly 300 sessions. The full archive is available on Spoken Label full stop bandcamp.com although it is available for free for stream and download if you wish i am always grateful for any sort of kind of donation to enable to me to keep the running costs this podcast going and enjoy take care bye-bye spoken label. hi guys and the end spoken label back in the house we're on zoom again today i'm chatting to a lovely lady as well over in america now she's a very very well traveled lady this one as well i'm trying suki how did we first get talking was it for our mutual friend Alter? Am I or I getting mixed up? Absolutely, it was Alter. Yeah, yes. oh, our lovely friend Alter. So, anyhow, so I've got Suki Ray with me today. Now, Suki, you've had quite you've done an awful amount of stuff here, so it's going to be easier if I let you just give people tell people where you're originally from, briefly where you've where you've lived. You've lived in a lot of places, and well, what I was born creativity? in Chicago, Illinois. Oh boy, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. All good. Okay, okay. I was born in Chicago, Illinois, and I lived there until I was about 15, 16. Then I went to college, and I uh, lived briefly in, in Israel, in London, in California, uh, many other places, but now I live in New York. And I would say uh, I started playing music at the age of five and have been, as I joke around, uh, Instead of a rattle in a baby crib, baby's crib, someone put a flute in my crib instead. But it's not quite like that, but it's more like I started playing piano at age five and I've been playing music ever since and writing ever since and doing a lot of other stuff ever since. Yeah, now, if people go and look at your website, it's, it's easy. We'll, just, we'll refer people to look at your bio later on because you've done so much stuff. I find it... You met, I'm... I've caught a lot of ground myself in my creative career. And looking at what you've done, you've done this has been incredible. Like it is, you got I could skim through it. You said you said you started playing piano when you're five under your tuition of your mother, didn't you? Who was a classical pianist. And then you did a classical flute. That was with Ralph Johnson and, and I can't even pronounce the other person's name of the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. And hopefully right. you weren't you weren't five when you were at the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, were you? <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, I did, I did grow up with classical music, but there's one, one catch here. Uh, we were not allowed to listen to anything but classical music. But when the Beatles came around, I 
fell in love with the Beatles. So that was my first foray into non-classical music, and I've been hooked ever since. Oh no, fair play, fair play, fair play. I'm always I grew up with them. I don't know if you know much slow music. Are you familiar with, familiar much with Scottish bagpipe music? Um, I love, I mean, through my life, I have very much loved almost many, many types of music, folk, rock, jazz, ethnic music, love Irish music, African music, Middle Eastern music, on and on and on. Yeah, yeah, I like no, most music, most different kinds of music. I like, as long as it's not too loud and too discordant, too uh, cacophonic, as long as it's not blaring in my ears. Yeah, yeah. Lot, no. uh, there's a lot of music, many different styles I like, and, and I play and I write many different styles. Yeah, you can see that from your CV. I'm saying because my dad brought me up in Scottish bagpipe music and a lot of old Irish folk music. So, like, in my case, it's the early 80s, and all the kids in school, when I went to school, were listening to like a pop music, and I was listening, I was coming to the folk records all the time and the Scottish bagpipe music. You. So, that's why, yeah, yeah, no, of course, brilliant. Now, it's gonna be easy, obviously, just let you tell people what you do yourself. Like I said, I know you went to. You told me you went. You you studied in, in California at one point, didn't you? And did you say you've got a BA in there in California, haven't you? Yes, and yes. I um I went to several different schools, but I wound up getting uh, moving to the Berkeley, San Francisco area, and I got my degree from University of California, Berkeley. But in the time that I went there, which is uh uh in the East Bay, uh, about I don't know, 20, 30 minutes from San Francisco. At the time, they called Berkeley Berserkly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're in Berserkly, eh? Yeah. So I, I have all the, the jokes from the various places that I went. I, I remember when I, I spent some time in London, I was actually studying drama at the Weber Douglas Academy in, um, and I was living in Queensbury on the Bakerly line. And uh, I would ask people directions in London and they go, I say, well, how do I get to such an, well, straight away, you take a right, a left, it's straight away, only five minutes away. And then I would get completely lost. And then I would ask the next person and they would do more and I'd be lost for hours wandering around. I say, thank you very much. Oh, cheerio, no problem. And, and they'd all make it seem like it's so close to where you are and you, you can never find it. <laughs> now, I know obviously you, you've been you've been bringing release on music for quite some years as well. And I know your first album came out back in the 1970s, didn't it? When oh, you, in the 80s, 80s. Oh, 80s, was it? that's why. I know, you went, um, I know I read it, I read it said 1970s, that's why. So you bought an album that I, quite, I think of you. So, and then obviously like, you moved on then, haven't you, to do other things like um, Pipe Dreams, I can see as well, and another album called Water and Fire. So, but the one I want, what I want to know about your music was when you did him, you did an album called My Bamboo Hat. <laughs> I'm very interested. I've, the, the others on the, all the others to be music. If people look at your CV, your website, you, see, you list all your albums, and it's incredibly various stuff. But that album. Just so people know, is a comedy novelty show. Well, tunes. It's, a, it's kind of funny. Um, I, as I say, I love all types of music, and I've been influenced by many types of music. And you know, I've always been into comedy. Uh, my hero being Charlie Chaplin, of all people. And um, I hated umbrellas, 
speaking of London, you know, I mean, I remember <laughs> people used to walk around with umbrellas and I refused to get an umbrella. I refused. So instead I got a bamboo hat and I would wear it when it rained. And many years later, I thought, my God, why didn't I get an umbrella? I mean, why would I get wet? But at the time, I had a big hat made of bamboo, and I decided to write a, a, a song about it. And it turned into a novelty song. So I've written, I have one recording of kind of comedy uh, novelty children's songs, and that's on that recording. Right. Because what I love when you go and look at your theatre and film page is I love the way You've got like a photo. You've got a superimposed like a little moustache on top of yourself, and you've got right. a, you've got a great quote from Charlie Chaplin, which I'll read: right. "Is life is a tragedy when seen in close up, but a comedy in long shots." And I thought that the sums up Charlie Chaplin all over to me. That was really so. Yes, I I think you know Charlie Chaplin was brilliant and so multifaceted and multi talented. Um, Great actor, director, writer, and he wrote "Smile, da 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 da, smile when your heart is breaking." What a great song! And I just kind of always wanted to emulate kind of this hobo, pilgrim kind of image of somebody kind of wandering around and experiencing life in a existential kind of way, Trag in a tragic comedy comedy way. Yeah, yeah, of course, straight away with it. So now it's obviously worth people being aware of. I want to talk about your poetry book in a moment, but I know you've also been you've been you've done music in residence at quite a few places, haven't you, as well? And and it's, there's a massive list here, and it's they're not all they're not all in America either. So I'll, we're not going to go through them all. But what I want to know is um, when you're doing all these music in residences over the years, have you found like each place you've been at, have you had to change your approach the way you've been teaching them? That's a very excellent question, Andy. Uh, um, absolutely, I, I personally feel that every place a person goes or every person he meets, it's a different perspective, a different experience. And for example, I find living in London is wonderful in its own way. The cobblestone streets and the literary aspect. Uh, I really love Virginia Woolf and Bloomsbury and versus Israel, which is a whole different uh, experience of, of beautiful scenery and, and history and um, different, different uh, each, each place, almost like a different state in the US, different vegetation, different climate, different topography, some mountains, some seas. And so every place I've been, I just kind of uh, try to interpret that place through what I write or what I write doesn't just is does interpret where I am. And I think most people are like that. I'm thinking of Manuel de Falla, you know, the Spanish composer that his uh, Spanish flamenco type influences i mean his music is based on what he hears and that and where he is and that's always been my experience i found the the music i wrote in israel was very different than the music i wrote upstate new york etc yeah i know you mean. I, one of my friends actually served in the israeli army for about four years he did 
because he's um, if I remember correctly, his grandfather was Israeli. He went over oh. to go and see her, and he came. He actually, I remember him telling me he's, he can play Whoa. guitar a little bit. He can play guitar a little bit. He's not he, his admission. He's not. He's he's third rate. But I remember him telling me uh, that he formed a band over there, and the style of it was just completely different to what he ended up doing when he's back in England. So yeah, I can understand you completely with that. It's, I think the environment everywhere you go is everything's completely different everywhere you go. So yeah. Influences you I, I'm ways. even sure that uh, John Lennon, when he wrote the songs in New York, were you know different different than when he went uh, he went to the Bahamas or some island to write. When he wrote, unfortunately, his last recording, uh, there, there's more of an island feel on his song to his you know beautiful boy to his five year old song Sean. Uh, uh, you know Bob Marley was writing the, the music, which was kind of playing some of it in, in Jamaica. So I really feel that music does reflect where you are and what the other people are playing and the inflections, the whole vibe of, of, of the place. Music kind of picks it up. I would probably say the same, I would assume would be true of poetry or anything else that, you know, when someone lives in a particular place that, that that's the kind of well, you can't generalize, but their writing is influenced by that place. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And um, that was kind of leads nicely into your into your book. Actually, we're here to talk about. Look at that for a cunning link there straight away. <laughs> now, <laughs> brilliant time. Now, obviously, Suki. Now, your book yourself, as we're here today, talk about really because I think this is a really good. If people read it, and it's, I think it's an excellent book to read this. It showed quite a few layers about yourself as a person because you're people obviously look at your bio and your website. You've done an awful amount, you've lived quite a life, really. And I, th I think it's been you truly are a fascinating lady. I think this book is another string to you, not as much a string to your bow, it shows a different side to you. As we said off mic before, I believe that poetry, when you bring your book out, you're opening yourself up to people. So tell us about then where the book came from. Then. What made you want to bring your book out? I really want to say that I think you're an outstanding interviewer outside of, your, you know, <laughs> I know you have your own talents as a writer and poet, mm. but I really appreciate your questions because they're so good and intelligently worded. Um, I guess I would say, and when people say we're, you know, famous composers and songwriters, they always say we're Bob Dylan, who's one of my idols. Where does the music come from? And I would say subconscious. It's not like I'm sitting there and always trying to figure out the notes and a song. If I'm just playing the piano, which is where most of my songs, 90% are written on the piano. The, the song just comes. I mean, it just comes from, I consider it from divine energy. And the same is true of my, of my writing. When I, when I first came to Israel and I was living there for two years, but I've been there four times, writing just flowed from within me. And it was my experience as an American, although I hesitate to call myself, always hesitated to say I'm an American because I don't like the connotation, but I call myself a citizen of the world. But I did come to that country in the Middle East, Israel, and thoughts came to me. And that's where the book came from. Um, feelings, thoughts, uh, impressions, uh, moods, vibes of my 
own journey as a person or as a person in this new country. And it just came from a deep place. Uh, I didn't really censor it or plan it. Uh, I will say that years later, I, I was going out with this man and he said he was writing a book and I opened up my suitcase, came home and opened up my suitcase and said, well, look at all my writing, might as well write a book too. And just went through all this old stuff and changed some of it, added some. So a lot of it was written quite a while back, but it's, some of it has been changed, edited, added. And there's a couple of things which I kind of wrote recently, but yes, it was a, certainly from a, a time period and a feeling of someone discovering themselves while traveling, which is a very familiar experience to me because I've done so much traveling. Yeah, you can see from the book straight away, there's, it's an, it's a storm's accident. I think the title of the book is very, very apt, really, because it's called Breath of God. And obviously, I'm going to pronounce this completely wrong, but Nishama was the title of it. I think it's Hebrew for spirit. And you can see with the book itself, you're quite, you are a free spirit. And it, the book itself reflects the way, you, I don't know, obviously, you said someone were quite, quite, a while, quite a while ago, but they reflect probably who you are as a person then and bring it out in this book now. It's probably the way you are as a person now as well, I suspect as well. An excellent, excellent point. I kind of feel like for me, we are from whence we came. I mean, we are a product of our parents, our family, our upbringing, our culture, our religion, our race. We, you know, when we are in the womb, we're picking up those vibes of our family and our, if we're Irish or Scottish or Catholic or Muslim, whatever we are, we're growing up with this stuff and we kind of incorporate it and yeah. How did you meet the artist then that did? That's the oh, that's a great, great, great question. Well, um, I've been looking at the art of the artist. I've been re researching them before, <laughs> as we're talking, actually. Been a bit uh, on the I have to bring Fantastic Alta in, Yeah, I have to bring Alta into this because how did I meet Alta? This whole expression was during the pandemic. Mm. I was sitting there. I wanted to come out with something. I had been coming out with recordings, but I wanted to do something. And I thought, well, why don't I write a poetry book just like that? Why don't I put it together? And, and first I put an ad in Facebook saying, does anyone know of an editor? And someone said, Alta Maben. <laughs> Hi, Alta. <laughs> one, of my favorite, yeah. one of my favorite ladies. Brilliant Yeah, lady. wonderful lady. And they said she edits a magazine. So I wrote her an email and then what happened happened kind of miraculous. That's how I got connected with you, Andy. And, the, and, and in terms of the art, I was looking for artists. I looked at about 35 or 40 artists at their work. And then I saw this one that really was absolutely beautiful, really spoke to me. And I sent this artist an email just out of the blue. I said, look, I'm a musician. I live in New York City. I lived in Israel and I love your art. Would you be interested in it being in my book? And she wrote back, yes. <laughs> it really so has so much to you. I think it's a perfect never, ma never marriage. Matter. Never it's matter. Perfect. Sometimes it's, you don't need to, I think, because the artwork is, and if you get the right artist in your book, 
I've done this, I've had this done myself before now. And I've got projects that have gone myself over photographs with a friend of mine. But with the right artist or illustrator, it really adds something to your book, it does. And this, I think it's a great example. It's, it feels like to me like you both, you, it's, an, an, it's a connection that you don't need to meet sometimes, I think. Absolutely, 100%. And I feel kind of that way with you because your interview is so fascinating. It's just like, I hate to use this word, but I'll have to use the word synchronicity because <laughs> I don't believe there's any accidents. And No, life is not an accident. Nothing's an accident. And even though life is what happens when you're busy making other plans, as John Lennon said so, so poignantly, um, you know, I just think that sometimes people appear. And yeah. I feel that that's what happened with Alta. That's what happened with Braca, the artist. That's what happened with Andy, <laughs> you. You know, that's just sometimes people just just come out of the ether, come out of nowhere. And yeah. if they kind of some sort of connection, that's what happens. And I don't need to explain it or understand it. It just is. Yeah, yeah. No, of course, completely. I think it's, life is like that. It's... You look at life, really, I think, and we believe it, you don't know which way it's going to go from day to day. And that adds to the fun of it for me. It's completely so. Now, I want to ask you also as well, because I know, obviously, you're an ordained interfaith minister. <laughs> now, obviously, this is the last bass that we'll touch on today before we're going to cover wrap-up questions. But I want to know, what made you want to do this? Okay, well, that's an interesting question. I have been spiritual my whole life. And always felt that I really belonged in some sort of a profession which was connected with spiritual world or God or in some way helping people or connecting to people. Because certainly connecting in music and poetry or theater, which I've been in and film, or, they're all interesting, but they're not like being a, a minister or a rabbi. And I had thought I would want to be a rabbi, but it would take too many years at school. and. I had a friend who was an interfaith minister, and I've always been interested in the religions of the world. I've been interested in Hinduism, Baha'ism, Buddhism, uh, uh, Sufi, uh, Catholicism, Thomas Merton's Course in Miracles, uh, Kabbalah. Of course, I'm Jewish, all these things. But so uh, this friend of mine, I asked her how to, you know, I would become a minister, and I went to a, a seminary. Uh, for a year and a half, and I became a minister, and it was really opened me up a great deal to to study spiritual uh, writings and readings, and to lead services and to perform officiated weddings. I've done about uh, 30, 40 weddings. It's not a lot, but I've done. You know, I love I love this aspect to be able to because I believe all all spiritualities, all religion. It's all one. It's all connected. It's all your own interpretation of God or spirit, whatever. So I am firmly open to anyone, any human or even non-human, especially non-humans, animals that I, I consider very spiritual. So why not be in this uh, profession? Brilliant. I know, obviously, you're very, very busy. So I know what we've been talking about, so the gigs you've been doing recently as well. But do you have any, what plans do you have next for your creativity then? Do you have much, well, much I, plan going I forward? just um, 
Saturday, uh, the last couple of weeks, I did two big concerts in New York City uh, at a place called Little Island. Uh, some, some wealthy patron, uh, somebody like Gloria Vanderbilt, I think it's, um, I'm not sure the name of the person, but somebody donated a lot of money and they created this little island off of 14th Street in Manhattan. So I just did these two big concerts there. So that was very kind of tiring. And I have some other projects that I'm working on, other concerts. I'm not sure if I'm, I had, I wrote a lot of songs during the pandemic. I haven't made a recording of that yet. There are many things that I'm thinking of doing, but I'm not sure exactly what I'll be doing in the next week or so. I'm going to take a little vacation. In a few yeah, days. I think you, you probably need it from because people follow you. Yeah. They know how busy you've been. And I'm, yeah, I can't blame you. I think you've got always a believer. You've been creative. You've got to take a break sometimes just to right. not necessarily to recharge your batteries. Let you think what you can do next sometime, isn't it? The process of reevaluation. Exactly. Sometimes when I mean New York City is a wonderful, intense place, but sometimes I really need to get away to even think of my next step. I mean, my head is spinning. I, I just need to sit by the stream and then I'll hear what what which I should do. <laughs> yeah. It'll tell it it will reveal itself naturally to you. I'm always a believer, definitely. Exactly. That, so. Exactly. Yeah, I can't blame you. Well, good luck with the book, definitely. And now, Thank you. If, if people want to find out more about you, where do you recommend they go? Well, if they'd like to buy my book, I don't know if you could see, it's called Nishama, The Breath of God, with photo, with illustrations by Barack Alavi. It's on Amazon.com as, a, as an e-book and as a paperback. Uh, if they'd like, and actually there's links to my music included in, in the book. If you'd like to hear my music, I'm on www.sukayatri.com. That's my website. And my music, music of Suki Ray, don't be fooled. There are three Suki Rays, and I am not the, the, the model living in London. That's I was not just, me. I, that nearly caught me out before, actually. I was running researching it before. I come across a DJ and I thought, yeah, that's there's the a DJ Su named that's, 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 that's not the Suki I thought. I thought that's not you, the Suki I've got to speak I'm to not there, definitely. DJ or the model. Um, <laughs> but anyway, if you look up Suki Ray, the musician, uh, my music is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Amazon, Sonic Bids, Bandcamp, yada, yada. My, oh, oh uh, YouTube, Vimeo. You know, my music's all over the internet. Uh, so. You can hear it. I hate to say, hear it for free. I'd rather somebody bought it once in a while. Yeah, join the club. Join the club by that one, definitely. So, <laughs> brilliant. Well, brilliant. Thank you for that today, Suki. Now, we're going to let you take a quick break and get composed. And know when we come back for part two, guys, Suki's going to do a few bits and pieces for us. So, been a pleasure today. Been a fascinating chat. Thank you, Suki. See you all in a minute. Spoken, mate. Hi, guys. I'm still here with Suki. She's going to do, I believe, four pieces in the new book. Over to you, Suki. I'm looking forward to this. Okay. The first poem I'm going to read is actually the title piece, which is a poem I wrote in, I think, 1991 or two in Israel. And I also was, at the time, in an artist studio area called Yafo uh, by Tel Aviv. And I wrote a song, which is not 
actually a song with lyrics. It's a poem and then a song which goes after the poem, which is very unusual for me and most people. It's usually a song which goes together with the lyrics and music, but this is the poem and then the song. Nishima, come to me in the jasmine night. Let us bathe together in the dark waters of the jeweled sea, inhaling the perfume of Nahariya, imbibing the sweet wine of Israel. Sway to the nefesh kaya pounding in your heart, kindling the flame of your essence. Ruach, Hakodesh, what promises do you whisper to Am Yisrael, a refuge for the forsaken, diamonds of wisdom for the innocents? Ezekiel paints visions of Kaioth with wings of fire. Gabriel blows the trumpet of lost generations. Where is my memory? Who is Elohim, the mysterious one, El Hagibor, my solace and my staff? You have brought me out of the desert and fed me manna to quench my hunger. I am the palm tree in search of my roots. Whither do I go? From whence I came, I knoweth not. A journey without beginnings, without endings. Under the fullness of the moon, my soul dances in the hills of the Galilee. The diaspora, a wandering Jew, where is your home? Nishama. 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 Brilliant. I'm so pleased you did that one, Suki, because I never asked for requests of people and other things. But when I was reading your book back over the last couple of days, I thought to myself, oh, I thought you've, you've, got to, you've got to do with this piece tonight. You've started it off. Fantastic. Thank you. Okay, so this piece is called Divine Sparks. In which lifetime did we dance? whirling in a cosmic joke of immortality, wanders through temples of lost souls, hovering above rooftops of one of the oldest of old cities. Seekers of riddles of ultimate wisdom, your questions reverberate off cobblestones of ambiguities, meandering in a multitude of maybes. I have no answers as to the whys and wherefores, Your eyes reveal everything and nothing at the same time. How do I know your life won't affect mine? Ooh, that's deep. Brilliant. This poem, if you call it that, it's more of a story, is a true, is a true happening. I took to Rome Airlines to Israel and they lost one of my pieces of luggage. 
Oh dear. Oh, I can imagine imagine what fun you had there straight away. <laughs> so this is called Lost Red Bed. To Rome, Romanian Airlines lost my red duffel bag somewhere between New York, Bucharest, and Tel Aviv. Is a Romanian farm woman in Ragusa wearing my burgundy peasant skirt as she rolls her family? Samela. Contents of the bag. Two skirts, towel with faces of Ringo, John, Paul, and George. Underwear, 12 CDs of my latest original music, Water and Fire. Two-piece bathing suit, toiletries, matching socks, vitamins, shorts from Thailand, long black leggings, two pairs of pants. Poof, vanished. Why am I so attached to my possessions? Why are we all? I cling stubbornly to these items, agonizing over their loss. Wouldn't I survive without my black socks with kaleidoscopal peace signs? What if there was a fire? Would you save your paintings or your cat? What can we live without? Do we really need the contents of our little red duffel bags? Bags laden with ragged books from college days, herbal remedies, umbrellas, toothpaste, favorite clothes, memories. To Rome Airlines lost my red duffel bag, plane ticket 900683. I reported it to the lost and found at the airport, to the airlines, to the FCC, to the Attorney General, no response, no compensation. Aren't we similar to our red duffel bags, backpacks, rollerboards, a soul with a skin, an outer layer for protection? Can we define what is on the inside, what is on the outside? We too can be damaged, forgotten, discarded lost for weeks, for months, for years, for a lifetime. Wow. Wow. You left speechless on that one, Suki. I'm going to close with one more short piece. It's called Sukkah in the Desert. My soul has returned to where it belongs. I have only to look into the deepness behind your eyes and laugh and cry and jump for joy. For now I know for certain what home is, that I am home. And all the wandering and seeking has come to an end. I belong to myself to the land and to the world at last.
Wow. Wow, that's what a great way to finish off that because it's... Thanks. No, what's good about that last one, last piece, Suki, is it's the pause you get at the end of it where you're almost like, I didn't comment straight away then, so you're leaving people with that sort of moment just to reflect and that yeah, worked really well there. Excellent stuff. Thank you. It's... So I say, it's all just a feeling. Yeah. All your, your work is, like... They say sometimes with some writers, everything's planned out like mathematics. Yours is like, it's soul writing almost to me. That's why it's been a pleasure having you on today because everything you've wrote, everything you do as a person, you do it from the heart. And it's different, different approaches altogether. That's why. So it's been an excellent session today. So thank you for that day, Suki. Hang around. I do need to speak to you off mic anyway, as always. Thank you again. Really, really enjoyed this today. Oh, this is wonderful, Andy. I'm so happy to speak to you and to meet you. Pleasure, the pleasure also as well. <laughs> pleasure also as well. I, I thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, well, who knows, Suki, one day we may maybe I'll do this in person. Well, let's see. Who knows? Who knows where life goes? As I, I hope so. so. Definitely to my side as well. So Absolutely. Right, guys, and girls. Anyway. This is it for today. As Don Callis says over at Impact Wrestling, stay safe and sail. And we'll see you all next time. Thanks so much. Cheerio. Ciao, ciao, guys. Fuck oh, me.